You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. Feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight, you never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now please. Get off this planet while you still have a choice. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right. We are back and we are here to finish up our talks all about season 11 of Doctor Who. Jody passed her first season as the Doctor. Chibnall made it through his first season. I don't know about the other companions, if they're, you know, made it through or what, because some of them weren't even noticeable this season. So it'll be really interesting to talking about. Who are you talking about? <laughs> no comments right there. So we are going to be talking all about it. <laughs> if you haven't seen any of season 11, we are going to be spoiling everything. So be careful what you asked for. How exciting. <laughs> Spoilers. Okay. You've been warned. We'd love to hear from you guys at home. What are your thoughts on season 11? We did get some emails from you guys about what your thoughts were and everything. So we'll be reading those at the end of the show. But before we do that, let's get started and let's talk all about it. And let's welcome, of course, our regulars first. Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. Happy New Year again, my friend. Yes, this is a new year and there's no who in sight. Nope. We've already witnessed the 2019 season of Doctor Who. So yep. <laughs> it went by so fast. It went by just like that. It, you know, got to be careful snapping because now we're getting into Thanos eras. You know, we can't even do that type stuff. So, and of course we have Mary Ogle with us. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. Great to have you, Mary. And we have a couple guests with us. First, returning to the show, the lovely and talented Jennifer Hartshorn is back. Hello, sweeties. It's going to be great to hearing what you said, because you were on the first episode of yes, Season 11 with us. Mm-hmm. And so going to be interesting your thoughts how to carry through the season we'll get to that in a sec but we have coming to us right from the uk live not even delayed a couple hours this is rob mcintyre hi guys brilliant to be here glad to have you sir it's going to be a lot of fun to hear your thoughts on it of course at home you could follow us too please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com or of course you could always call us at 404-963-9057 all right let's get started we're jumping in right away there is no doctor who news and the big news is we're talking all about season 11 let's talk to the newbies who are here tonight robert I'd like to hear what you thought first, you know, since you've written us a couple of times and, you know, you were kind of concerned and you had your Jody doctor moment later in the season. Did that, how did it carry through for you? Um, I, I, I still found, although I had my moment, I still found the whole season, um, a little bit of a letdown. 
I I actually wanted to love the show, and I kind of just liked it a little bit meh for me, for want of a better word. No, that's a good way. A lot of fandom has been feeling that way. So it's not like you got you know you're a lone member of that and such, you know, a lot of people went in with so many high hopes, especially, you know, the announcement of the first female doctor. And, you know, I think Jody knocked it out of the ballpark. There's no question about that. I just think the stories and the show running that she was given was a little weak. Yeah. I mean, I want, with it being the first female doctor as well, I wanted it to be so fantastic. So you're always going to get your, your naysayers, no matter how good it was. And with it just being average for me, it's given some people a platform that, you know, this should never have changed like it has, which is disappointing. But Jodie, for me, has been fantastic. feel like the last episode changed that? You feel like- I hope so, because I, I absolutely loved the last episode. Mm-hmm. It, it had its faults. There were some things you could take out, but... I love that. I love the design of the Dalek and, and, and everything were great. So I'm the hoping ju- it's on a high. The Junkyard Chic Dalek? The Junkyard Chic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, man. Well, we're glad to have you here. Great to be here. Jennifer, we had you yes. on episode one. So mm-hmm. how, what were you, because we haven't heard, talked to you really that much this season. You just, life has been getting in the way and everything. Right. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts? I'm, I- I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as as Robert. Um, I I went in um, I went in kind of cringing, going, "Please don't suck, please don't suck," because um, I was I was very apprehensive about Chibnall. Um, I had absolute faith in Jody, but wasn't sure how the rest of it was going to line up. Um, honestly, I have gotten used to the Saturday night slot and. To, to show you the, the level of my interest in the show, I kept forgetting it was on. Wow. <laughs> and I kept not really? seeing it. Yeah, yeah. And I kept not seeing it until like Tuesday night when I'm like, isn't there something? Oh, yeah, that's right. Doctor Who is on Sundays now. Um, so I, I was, I was, I think I only maybe watched two of them, uh, live. Um, so, so that's, that's how much it has, it has stopped being appointment television for me. Um, it's, it's not bad. It's still a good show. I like it. Um, I, I am, I'm not happy with, with the development or lack thereof with the companions. Um, not as if, you know, and, and I was discussing this with a friend, it's not like Clara got a whole lot of development or, and it's not like Bill did either. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm not, I, I like Graham. I like Yaz. And then there's, I, I, I now, I now know because I looked it up that it's Ryan, but I had to look it up. <laughs> wow. So, you think, wow. You think three, three is too many companions? Uh, I, I think that, I think that with the right three companions, it can work, but he is just a zero for me completely. I'm almost saying about the Ryan. Yeah, I think we all work because we pretty much said until the Christmas or New Year's special, sorry, that I didn't really have a feeling either way with him. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about last week on the review of the New Year's special, this brought him into his own finally. Mm -hmm. It showed him as a person and showed him as someone who was slightly interesting. 
Although with, with I know we got a lot to talk about, but with with the New Year's episode, I really felt like the plot line with his dad felt added on. I mean, yes, they integrated it well, but it felt like, uh, oh, we we're you know we've only got you know an hour's worth of material, and we need an hour and a half, so let's introduce another character. It, it just didn't feel. If it didn't feel organic to me. I mean, like, like when at the beginning, when he shows up and Graham is like, get out. <laughs> well, I loved it at the very beginning. You know, when he opened the door, he said, no, slam yeah, the door. Exactly. Right. Yep. It was like, Oh, who was that? That was, yep. that was pretty awesome. Actually. Yep. I actually thought they were introducing him to kill him later on, mm-hmm. which would have then maybe had Ryan leave or look at it all with a different perspective. Maybe move his character on. But when, I was, he, when, when they saved him, it, it kind of thought, well, what, what point to that? Yeah, and I was also one of those people that did not think Graham was going to make it past the uh, the end of the season, um, especially with uh, the uh, the episode where he saw the you know entity that looked like Grace. Yeah. No, agreed. Graham's my most, you know. In a way, Graham is my most problematic character, even though um, we get to know him a lot more mm-hmm. than any other characters. But that's one of the problems, because I feel like Graham became the central character. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of the other companions could have taken up that slack instead. And also, you know, don't don't give me a female doctor and a diverse cast and then make the white guy the center. I of know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? How about giving Yaz a little depth yeah. <laughs> for a story? Well, Yaz was the forgotten companion this whole season. Yeah. I mean, way more than Ryan for me. To me, I mean, I understand there were problems with Ryan too, but for me, Yaz is the one who just completely disappeared mm-hmm. into the water, which is too bad because mm-hmm. I don't think it had to be that way. But I don't know. They just didn't seem to know what to do with her, so they did nothing. I think Bradley's such an accomplished actor as well mm-hmm. that he's quite comfortable in playing the role and he comes over really, really well, where the two younger actors, Ryan and Yaz, aren't as accomplished as him and as Jodie, because Jodie's a fantastic actress or actor. And um, I think they looked not quite as good outside of them, and maybe that was part of the reason they didn't come over as well. I think it also could be the, the writers like knowing uh Bradley and and no he he was like a known quantity and so they could write for him but they didn't really know you know know what the voice was of the other two or what they were they're going to do with them so i i don't know what the reason is but it was it was a problem yeah as much as um you could understand a writer writers wanting to write for Bradley Wallace cuz he's he's amazing he's great yeah um it's up to the showrunner to be like, no, no, uh, let's have a couple of episodes where he's in the background and the other two are at the forefront. Kind right. of like it was um, uh, in the finale or in the in the in resolution, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, that was the only time where I re- I felt that Tosin realized like I was like he can act. I'm like he's good. Like. Yeah. We haven't seen this all season. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, as much as I love Bradley, I I'm I think he had no business being on this show. Uh, I think if they had just had uh, Jody Tozen and uh, is it Mandit? Is that right? 
Amanda Gill. Yeah. Um, those three, it would have been fine. And actually, um, it, it could have been better in some in a lot of ways. Uh, and I hate to say that because I love Bradley Walsh, but it just, they've spent so much time with him. He got many of the good scenes sometimes. And in some episodes, he got better scenes than Jody did. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it's like, no, no, you just can't. It, that's not the way that's supposed to work. No, agreed. It, you know, it was basically it almost, there was times it felt like, oh, it's becoming the Graham show over and over and over again. And. And it's not like that's completely new because Lord knows it was the Clara show for long enough. Oh, and it was the Amy show before that. And before that it was the Rose show. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I never felt like, I never felt like those three though were, uh, overshadowing the doctor. I mean, they were, they were problematic. And I thought that, uh, that they, in some cases were equal time, but I never felt like they were like, I never felt like it was their show. I felt a lot with I Amy. Way about Clara. <laughs> yeah. Cause hell with Amy pond, they, in, especially here in the U S yep. they had the intro. My name is Amy pond, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah. You know, who the show focusing on? The doctor? No. It's the Amy show. And then Clara becoming the most important girl in the universe. Well, that's a really strange thing about this season. The first episode of this season, I thought, like, Dozen's going to be, like, it's right. going to be about Ryan. Yeah, that's because what I thought, too. They spend, like, the first 15 minutes on him. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, it, 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 the others just come along for the ride, really. Um, so yeah, when he gets so easily dismissed right after that, um, I mean, they do use him in some ways, but, um, obviously in, in Rosa, he has a presence Mm -hmm. and he, he actually does things, but you know, it's, it's very few and far between. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't grow over the season. He just, he gets, uh, Luckily, at the end, he gets growth, but it's like all at one time. Yeah, he still didn't learn how to ride a bike. Yeah, perhaps perhaps allow him to grow, you know, all the characters to grow a little more organically over the season. You know, and even Graham, who I agree, became the central character way too often. But Graham kind of stays in the same place. You know, he just, he changes incrementally, but not a whole lot. And, And Yaz just doesn't go anywhere, doesn't start anywhere, go anywhere, or end anywhere. I mean, they did introduce the family, and I thought something was going to come through that, and then it just mm-hmm. didn't. Away, yeah. I mean, do, do here's a question, a legitimate question, too. Do they need to? Like, I mean, there's been several seasons, especially in Classic Who, where this companion was the same from start to finish. Like, mm-hmm. do they need to grow? Or is that just is that just the way TV is now, that all characters need to grow? I, I think well, it's. I don't think they need, they need to change. They don't necessarily need to grow. Well, at least it's not like the last season, the last episode with Leela, and you know, oh, by the way, she falls in love with. <laughs> yeah, the, God. The, the time Lord. But yes, I'm not saying oh, that yeah. you know that they're they're beyond that. But you know, I mean, like, I don't think there are many examples in classic Who of companions that changed. You know, mm-hmm. and not to say that. You know, it's a good or bad thing. I just, I find it interesting that, that to me, as as long as they're well-developed, as long as they're useful, as long as they're well-written, you know, that, that's the key 
uh, I don't know if I need them to change um, um, or even, you know, I mean, if they, if they certainly as they go on, they should be more comfortable with traveling with the doctor that should go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, and it is nice once you finally get that companion that they, they finally like are in sync with the doctor. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, and they are comfortable traveling and they actually have some confidence. That's always great. Um, but, But yeah, I don't think that process was, that's the only process that I kind of expect out of a companion. And I, I think that we were cheated on that too, because by the second or third episode, it felt like they'd been in the TARDIS for like years. Yeah. Like they'd already had like four or five adventures that we didn't get to see. Mm-hmm. And they all and, and I thought, guys, right? And I thought that was kind of cheap as well. Those were the big gas adventures that we just didn't get to see. Yeah. Exactly. Big, big finish. <laughs> if characters do change, then that adds a lot of depth to the story. And that doesn't mean they have to change in a huge, dramatic way. But when just, you have Rose's death at the yeah. beginning of the season, I mean, you, you kind of, there kind of has to be change there. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, Chris wanted to, like, you know, we kept hearing that, you know, first we heard that the whole season was going to be locked, that it was going to be like one big story. Then we heard exactly the opposite, that it was going to be really just episodic. Like it wasn't going to be like everything was uh, going to tie into one another. And I think, you know, he opted for the latter. And I don't think that was a smart move. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's within his, like, I think, you know, if you look at his success with his other shows that he's done, they're like these long drawn out yeah. stories over courses of seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. See, yeah. I felt one of, one of his weaknesses is that he listened too much to what other people were telling him what Dr. Who should be mm-hmm. rather than believing and, and creating what he wanted it to be. And so his, his, this first series comes across as kind of insecure and, and all over the place because he's kind of trying to please everyone and not pleasing anybody. And, you know, I think he's better when he goes darker. I think that's one of the reasons why the New Year's episode was better. I don't think he should be afraid mm-hmm. to go darker. And, uh, you know, just um, don't, don't listen to everybody else, Chris. Follow your vision. And I don't feel like he was doing that until the last episode. And I hope that that's a precursor to what's to come. I hope he doesn't just go back to, to creating, you know, more formulaic episodes because to me, this season was okay, not bad, but it it wasn't great. It never really reached the next level. Yeah. This is the first year in a long time. Uh, uh, Maybe since new who came back that Dr. Who was not in my uh, top series of the year. And when I did my picks or when I did my list or whatever, mm-hmm. like Doctor Who was just not there. And um, that's unfortunate because it's always been there and I always want it to be there. And I, it's not that I, it, it wasn't, it's like you guys said before, it wasn't, it's not bad enough that I'm going to drop it or anything. It's just okay. And, uh, you know, there are times when I probably wouldn't have watched it as quickly as I did as soon as it aired if I wasn't doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like what Jen said, because, you know, she kind of forgot that it was even on until a couple of days later. Yeah. And I, and I always remembered on Saturday and then I went, oh, it's not on tonight. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you think, Jen? I'm interested to hear. What did you think how 
uh, how Jody was, Jody's doctor was portrayed as kind of disoriented and forgetful a lot of the time. Um, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought that, um, you know, every, it was, it was still very doctorish. That was one of the things that made me super happy was, was I felt like at all times, this is absolutely a hundred percent the doctor. Um, and, and so I thought that was, that was great. The, the being disoriented thing, I saw that as kind of being kind of like, you know, Eleven's manic energy kind of thing, because she was a very dynamic uh, doctor. So that didn't, that didn't really bug me for, for some reason. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, I'm reading the uh, comic at the moment, the, you know, Titan comic. And in that she actually says, I forget things. So I wonder if it's something that's deliberately put into the show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I hope they're just not trying to make her ditzy or something because she's female. Well, or that, because she's blonde. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it didn't come off that way to me. It, it came off, I mean, like, th- there, was, there was nothing that, that she said like that, um, that that I couldn't see coming out of 10 or 11's mouth easily. Mm-hmm. Not well, necessarily just- 9 or 12, but they were very different. Yeah, I didn't mind it in the beginning, but it kind of got old mm-hmm. for me. There was a lot of times it felt like you could pull her out of it and put Tenet right in. And yes. The same lines and reactions. It was almost there, like. There was, but I never. See, I, and that's the thing that I, I know that I uh, mentioned several times in several episodes where I just didn't feel that she was given enough uh, intelligence and enough experience uh, to handle situations that came up this season. Mm-hmm. It seemed like everything was like new and she was confused and she was behind the eight ball. She wasn't, she wasn't the smartest person in the room all the time. That's and true. That kind of bothered me because I was like that, you know, for all the iterations of the doctor, you know, the doctor's always the smartest person in the room. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be the one that's like eight steps ahead of everybody, mm-hmm. but it should be like at least two. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. And to go off of that, what you were saying, Mike, a lot of times, in the history of Doctor Who, as soon as the doctor walked into the room, he was the one in charge. Even if the brigadier or somebody else was in the room, mm-hmm. it was always the doctor was the one in charge. I never felt that with Jody at all. Well, and they, they absolutely called that out in, in the Spiders episode where, where the, the you know, Trump analog guy is like, well, who put you in charge? You know, and, and, you know, everybody else is like, well, we did, you know, she, she's, of course she's in charge. But the fact that, that anyone asked, why are you in charge? I mean, that, that just doesn't happen with the doctor. The doctor is so dynamic that everybody goes, okay, well, apparently this person has some authority. I don't know why, but they do. Right. And I think that changed in the final episode. Yes. Yeah, definitely. A- definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, because she was up against a known you know, race, an yeah. alien, a monster, right? And I think that was the other problem this season is that they, um, in order to really um, show that your main character is smart and intelligent and is and can work through any solution, uh, through any problem, you have to give them really complex problems and really um, uh, intelligent opponents to go up against. Mm-hmm. And boy, did they not do that. 
Yeah. I mean, they're like the villains that she faced this year. Totally forgettable. Were, were just forgettable and, and just downright insulting in some cases. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. And there was, that's the problem. Tim I, Shaw, please. No, yeah. exactly. You can't, yeah. I don't think <laughs> there should be any villain from the season that we should even think about after this yeah. season. No, even that one that uh, in the Rosa episode who got sent back into the past or whatever. Did he have a name? I mean, I don't even remember. (laughs) Exactly. No, exactly. He was was totally unnecessary. No, (laughs) there was enough things talking about, you know, racism and segregation and the whole thing. Well, They they had to put a a time travel, you know, thing into it. And they they wanted to make the, the racist guy the bad guy. You know, so yeah, I do think that the uh, um, for me uh, the most charismatic of them all, and that's because uh, you know he was played by um, see now I'm forgetting his name from Law. Alan Cumming. No, no. Oh, uh, the the spiders one, the the Trump guy. The, oh, the Trump oh, guy. Chris yeah. North. Yeah, Chris North. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I think he did a great job, and that there was a lot of energy to his performance, and I really felt like he. Um, was really good working like they like him and Jody were just working mm-hmm. on each other really well. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that energy, but I didn't see that enough um, until Alan Cumming, of course. And that was the that one was one of my favorite episodes of the season too. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like Alan Cumming was the villain in that story. No, 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 he wasn't. But, he was um, an opponent. Yeah, yeah, but he was a presence. He was a character. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing. Usually, when I watch Doctor Who, it's full of side characters that you meet for, uh, you know, for one episode and they give you so much development and you want to see more of them. Yeah. You're like, these could be good companions. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, but that is not the case this season either. Nope. Agreed. And you know, it just, nothing was memorable. You know, I could have cared less if Tim Shaw would have come back, but you knew he was going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like yeah. that was the no-brainer of the season, who the villain was at the end. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, yawn, teeth guy is back. Yay. Teeth guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, I liked his armor when I first saw it. We talked about that in the first episode. Uh-huh. We thought it was really well done. And, you know, there's a lot of pluses to this season, though. The cinematography was just outstanding. This, mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole look of it. The, the art dis- direction, uh, most of the CGI. I mean, it really looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, what I didn't like, though, was the musical score. It was it inconsistent. Jarring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, either I didn't notice it or when I did, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> the, so there was never a time where I was like, oh, this sounds good. I want to buy this this soundtrack. No. The only thing I've purchased from the season is the theme, but that was it. Mm-hmm. And just because I collect the Doctor Who themes, but I, nothing else. The the Doctor's theme, no. The you know I've gotten. She has a all, theme. <laughs> it, it's out there, and I haven't noticed it. Exactly. I legit have not. But um, Murray Gold's, you know, almost every one of the Doctor themes I right. purchased. Oh yeah, so they're but, very memorable. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed the regeneration episode, the first episode. I thought that mm-hmm. was really good. 
that were one of the better mm-hmm. regeneration ones. And I'm going back to when I can remember John Pertwee in a wheelchair and, <laughs> and everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, she she slept, but she didn't sleep long, and it, that was quite like a good one. So, yeah. yeah, so I had high hopes for it, but just never really lifted from there. What did you, Robert, what did you think of the TARDIS interior? I hate it. Yeah. It's too yeah. busy. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I watched a, a program where they were talking about uh, why they'd gone that way. And he said he wanted to make it more organic and the little um, hexagon type things. He said they're like uh, Amazon treetops. If you look from the floor of the Amazon forest and up, everything connects. So that's what they were trying to do. Mm. But I just think it looks busy and dark. I like to see a bright TARDIS and it just wasn't. Mm. It is very dark. It looks cramped when you're in there, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, exactly. a, for a, a thing that should be bigger on the inside, yeah. you don't get the sense that it is. No, it feels almost claustrophobic when all three of them are. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, you know if, if you think of, like, um, uh, Capaldi's TARDIS for, for most of it, um, that was it was dark but it was expansive you know it felt there was there was um uh it it was kind of cold but it wasn't um but it wasn't like you can't see and and this this is has just been yeah it's 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 claustrophobic it's cluttered it's organic but not in a good way (laughs) um Yeah. yeah it just it just Every, every time they, there was a TARDIS scene, I, I just wanted it to be over with. Yeah, definitely. Right. And it doesn't even feel particularly organic to me. I mean, if that's what they were going for, I don't, I don't it, think... Well, by organic, I think they meant crystalline and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't work. For me, anyway. Uh, and it doesn't seem no, to suit it her. It doesn't seem to suit the doctor. Yeah, I agree. Right. Not like the scarf, which suits her amazingly. And <laughs> even, though I wasn't, even though I wasn't particularly crazy with her outfit in the beginning, mm-hmm. I, I warmed up to it as the series went on. And so much so that I, I don't know if it really, if there were subtle changes made to it, but I found that uh, uh, certainly by the finale, I, I was just like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think the outfit works. Oh, I think the outfit's great. And I like, you know, that they have, you know, even with pop figures, they originally released it, you know, for a San Diego exclusive, her with the jacket on and everything. Mm-hmm. But the actual one that they released to the general public is her without the jacket, but it has her with the shirt and the the undershirt underneath mm-hmm. with the long sleeves. I think it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And everything. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, I like her outfit. And people were like saying, oh, she looks like a duck, you know, with the boots. And it's what? like, yeah. And it's just like, what? You know, give me a break, you know? I and love the boots. I, yeah. I like her whole yeah, outfit. I, I love the sonic screwdriver. I love, you know, just her whole look and feel. And I like that she got it at a thrift shop, you know, and that was even better. <laughs> I always like to see a doctor with a long coat. Yeah. That's what I yeah. like to see. And yeah. Yeah, there's just something about when that coat swishes around. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> She's got a hoodie. <laughs> yep. I mean, jo- Jodie Whitt- Whittaker, despite all the problems with this this series, 
Jodie Whittaker, I felt, was consistently good. Yes. Oh, of course. There, there was never, never a moment where I thought, oh, she's not cast for this. She's not, no. the one. She's not right for this. She actually um, elevated some of the material to, to an extent mm-hmm. that I was like, yeah, it's a good thing this show has her. Okay. Um, no, I thought from the scenes where, you know, from when she dropped through the train roof all the way to the very end scene, I thought it was pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was what's great about it. And I, I'm all for her. I'm looking forward to her and I hope she stays for quite some time. I mean, when I work, we've got a few people in office who've, who've got children who went to school with Jodie, and they know the newer, and they are actually watching Doctor Who for the first time because of Jodie, and they're loving That's it. Great. You know, and they'll talk to me about it at work, saying, well, "Did you watch it?" And they <laughs> think they they they've got a different perspective of the show because it's the first time they're watching it, and they absolutely love it. That's great. Well, I have to say that uh, one thing that's impressed me, and I can't dispute it at all, is that the the ratings this season have mm-hmm. been phenomenal um, overall. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that um, I know that resolution was not, but I think that was just because of the day it was on, maybe. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it was, was not at if if that had been on Christmas, it, it would have you know gotten the numbers. I think. Right. Too many but, people uh, were hungover. <laughs> right. So I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that now, that, but, you know, now, now we got to wait a year and a half. Maybe. You know, we don't even know. We could, it could be April next year. It could be, it could be September. It could be like, we don't even know. Like, it's just, that's, that's a killer. You know, if you've got, if you want to keep people, you got to, this isn't like HBO and Game of Thrones, man. Yeah. Where people are willing yeah, to wait. You to lose your momentum. And it's it's a shame they don't have something like class that they could slot in so that so that people were still getting their fix of that that universe. Right. Even if it wasn't that character. I'm just glad they, you know, didn't keep class, but that's okay. <laughs> oh God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be class. Yeah, exactly. But, it doesn't have to be. She was not advocating class. No. Yeah. I, I was yeah. saying something like that. Okay. <laughs> Whew. Scared me there for but, a minute. But better. Good Lord. Yeah. Or even, you know, they used to do mini episodes sometimes yeah. in too, and they, they haven't mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm sure we're guaranteed most likely that we'll get another New Year's special next year. Mm-hmm. So that's a plus. Are we? Yeah. Um, they've already said there'll be a New Year's special 2020. Okay, that's cool. Hmm. I didn't uh, know. I didn't, I didn't know. No, I didn't either. I'm glad about that. Yeah, so that's probably the next Doctor Who that we're going to see. Wow. Well, she'll probably, she'll probably show up in children. Yeah, uh, children in need, uh, yeah. 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 They always do yeah. something that way. So, But it'll probably just be a, a preview of the, yeah. the, uh, the New Year's <laughs> right. special. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's not really of a delay for her because she's going to be filming it. So mm-hmm. for the cast and everything, it's going to feel like, you know, just they're, they're doing they're the work, but on. for all of us, you know, and I do feel like in this new era, it does seem like BBC is tightening up the budget strings a little bit mm-hmm. um, because of these, because of the delays and everything. I mean, if they're, if it is really true that they want to spend more time on special effects, well, I mean, that's, that's, you know, the cheaper way to do that is to take longer. 
Yeah. Is that the well, reason behind I mean, it? The delay? I don't I don't know. That's one of the things I heard, but I don't know if anybody really knows. I also heard that Chimnall's working on another series too, but I don't know if that's true. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard about that. No. No, exactly. So Bradley but, does quite a lot. Sorry, Mike. No, no, go ahead, Robert. Were you I say? know Bradley does quite a lot because he, he obviously has got the chase that he does, which he films quite regularly. So he, he's always working. So I wondered, I wondered if some of that, that fell into the reason why it won't be shot because he couldn't be there. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, if, if this serves as a delay because Bradley's schedule, that doesn't make me very happy because I'm yeah. like, you know, you don't even need to be on this show. Well, I mean, it's possible. I mean, Jody's pretty popular. It's possible she had other things going on too. I wouldn't be surprised if scheduling had something to do with it. Probably not. I think that it does make it harder to to keep me. Well, I just don't want to see it become a a trend now. It's like, oh, we're going to get Doctor Who every two years. Yeah. Well, she did sign a five-year contract of you want to do the three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It always work out. Exactly. So, you know, this might work out this, you know, five years, three seasons, the sigh. Oh, well. Well, does this New Year's special that we just had count as one season since it's 2019? That all we're getting. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, you know, I'm just curious. But yeah, what is a wish list you guys would like to see for the next season of Doctor Who? Hmm. Less Graham, more Liaz. Yeah, definitely more Yaz. I, I thought she was great. I I really was not sure what to but because uh, because for a large number of the episodes, I actually saw something on social media, and that was what made me go, "Oh wait, there was an episode." Um, I I actually heard about like the Doctor and Yaz flirting before I saw it. And I was like, I guess you could read it that way, but not really. Well, really? I didn't notice that at all. No, I don't see that. Well, the only time I even saw that was when the Spiders episode, when the mother, oh, is she your girlfriend? You know, like. Right, right. And it was like. That was the closest thing to it, and I was like, well, "I'm not remembering which episode it was, but it, it was it was one of like the last couple where um, and and I should have looked this up before the before the podcast, but um, there there was like a moment, and a lot of people online went nuts, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, she's the doctor's gonna have a girlfriend." And yeah, no, I don't see that at all. <laughs> no, in fact, I think yeah. they've done a really good job, and Jody's done a phenomenal job at maybe uh, at making her like the most asexual doctor we've yes. had in a long time, which I I'm totally okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I was another thing that I was really happy with. Uh, although I guess they still find it a challenge on what to do with them otherwise. But the fact that Ryan and Yaz were not romantically linked. Um, yes. I was so uh, happy about that. that. Was, yep. that yeah. I mean, even though they, yes. they shared a lot of moments, um, they still kept them, you know, sort of platonic, which I, I hope that continues as well. Yeah. Um, so that that's a good thing. Um, but, I mean, again, I mean, obviously, you know, you need – it's a challenge to if, – if it's like they're not romantic, then what do we do with them? So it's yeah. like find something to do with them. And that's – that's the main thing I I'm hoping that Chris and, and company, you know, figure out is, you know, it's not easy to 
have for people in the TARDIS. It's just not. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, granted with the doctor, you don't have to like do a lot of depth because it's, you know, it's a mystery, but mm-hmm. with the other characters, you have to give us something and the reason why they're there. And it just seems like, like, like it, it's, this is the first season where it didn't feel like they needed to be there in order to keep the doctor from like destroying the universe. Right. Which is, that's been like the big cloud over all the other previous new who doctors, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, if the doctor doesn't have a companion, he'll just go crazy and destroy the universe. Um, So, but it doesn't feel that way here. And, and, and she's, she seems to want them there for some reason. Um, And it would be nice if we kind of figure out why. Why she wanted her fam around. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, also they've, they've hinted at a couple of things in her background and I don't know, you know, if this was the Moffat era, people would be like, Oh, they're going to follow up on that. That's going to lead to something. That's going to, we would need to find out more about that. Um, here it's, they seem like they're just like throwaway lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just ran, which, random. Which thing. I don't think I like that. I just <laughs> like, like, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of that. Cause mm-hmm. Like there's, there has to be some consistency. I think. Yeah, they mentioned something in. I'm trying to think of the episode. Wait. It was the second the episode. Second, the monument episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. lost monument. Uh, some lost child in time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't yeah. know if that referred to her or whether they were a sister or a brother or. And we didn't get a chance to bring it up. I don't think last time we talked about resolu- when we talked about resolution, but the fact that she seemed really resentful or or about the father figure. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I, yeah. To me, that was just she was Ryan was her friend, and she was sticking up for her friend. No, no, no. There's a point where she says something like, oh, "I'd have to watch it again." But there's a point where she says something like, "Like, oh, that's just what fathers are like." If you, oh, if you know, right. or, or I, or, so I've heard or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. like yes. she, she didn't yes. have a well, that, father. Well, that, I, I was thinking, was that like a, like a joke about the looms? <laughs> <laughs> because there's this whole, some, there was a book written that uh, babies are not made. They are loomed. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and it's been kind of an inside joke. So I wonder if that that's really what that was about. Hmm. That's interesting because I didn't catch that, but it could have been something like that. Where do you, you know, do you want to see three companions for the next season or do you want, you know, someone wander off, you know, like halfway through or, you know, some new, okay. new blood. Yeah. I'm okay with having three companions. If, they spend more time with the other two companions. Yeah. Which I think you can do. I mean, I think that's doable. They just haven't done it. I'd it's- definitely like them to uh, go to two. Um, my, my preference would be Ryan to leave. Mm-hmm. But if not Ryan, then jo- then uh, Bradley. As good as he is, I think he's too much of a powerful presence on show. I agree. Because the t- other two characters aren't as strong as actors or characters. No. Mm-hmm. And I think Bradley basically, you know. Is stealing a show. More. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you, you could also have all three companions, but not have them all traveling together all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Which they have done before. 
before. Like Captain Jack did not travel all the time. Right. You could have Bradley a bit like Sir Rose's mother. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. They're there when you want to use them. Or, or Donna's exactly. mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, or Wilf. Wilf, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or even if you want, you could, you know, if you remember when Clara was on, she had a job. She was teaching. Mm-hmm. And she just traveled with the doctor one day a week or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could do something like that with Wilf and everything that, mm-hmm. you know, he goes off and becomes a bus driver or whatever he did mm-hmm. and, you know, have him do that and, you know, come back, you know, like twice a season or three times a season. And mm-hmm. have, that would strengthen the other characters. They would be forced to. Right. I would also like to see stories that involve them in more dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that, uh, heck, we've even talked about it with the Moffat era. Like, you know, no, everybody was, uh, nobody died, right? Right. But, but uh, I at least felt that they were in danger. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this season, I never was worried about any of them at any yeah. time. And even, we know how dangerous it is to travel with the doctor. And mm-hmm. yet I didn't feel that at all throughout any of them. You know, I think I think Rosa was maybe the time where I felt the most, which is that's so, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, which is so ironic, but yet so much uh, so a testament to how good that was written. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and that, and that was not written by Chris Chibnall. No, no, <laughs> and it showed. Well, even the ones that weren't <laughs> written by Chris were still lacking. I think were yeah a little. Mediocre. Yeah, I thought we were uh, going to get a break from that. I was be like, oh, finally, and then they were still mediocre. Yeah, but I think that that's a showrunner and or uh, script editor problem. Mm-hmm. I think that there there was not a through line through the series. That I mean, this happens a lot in 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 the first series that a doctor is in. There's everyone's kind of trying to find their way, mm-hmm. and and who is this? character really going to be and you know what are we going to do and and Chibnall changed so many things that I think it was probably confusing for some of the writers uh, to know uh, just what it was they were supposed to be writing and that's something that a script editor or a showrunner should have caught they should have had some sort of framework yeah. to work within. yeah my understanding was that a lot of the writers had never worked on Doctor Who or anything like that before. So, I mean, here he was trying to bring, I think, new voices. Mm-hmm. But they, I think, you know, in some ways it's like, well, no, we, there has to be, you know, I don't know. It just seems like they, they should know what they're doing. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't get the sense that there was a Bible that they were looking at. Right. Well, it's like, don't, don't just change things for the sake of change. Mm-hmm. You know, change. Because they make sense. Right. Because you're going somewhere because they make sense within the story. Hmm. I got the feeling that, that Chris was just like, I have to prove myself. So I have to change everything because it's, that's what I have to do. Prove myself that I can do this. And, and you don't have to do that. You don't have to throw everything away. No, I think that was the big mistake with Chibnall is they basically got rid of 55 years of history. Well, yeah, it's like they, they, this felt like the first time since the Fox movie that a fanboy hadn't been in charge of Doctor Who. 
No, he is a fanboy. He is a fanboy. That's the thing. He, he is, but but it, but that, just it saying, doesn't come across that. No, way. no. I was no. going to say that. It, that's what I'm saying. It felt like it, it wasn't like there wasn't. No, I agree with you on that, Mike. And that's the thing with him is that he didn't have, you know, he wanted to make his own mark. I don't know why he didn't want to bring any old villains back or whatever. Was it ego? Was it whatever? But he's gotten it. Well, it's telling that his best episode is the one where he brings the Daleks back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, as we know, the Daleks is not just 100% uh, a reason to have a great episode. Like, we've seen episodes with the Daleks. Yeah, that uh, terrible. Very, very, no, 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 no. Do not go there. Do not go. A lot of them are terrible. <laughs> no, we're, we're not going into that way. But yeah, there are, you know, I think truthfully, like we said last week, this last week's episode made the Daleks scary again. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with the tentacles coming out of her back and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Just what she did to the police officers. And, you know, it was just awesome. And so there, he has the capability to do that. And I think and I hope he's learned from his mistakes and we're going to see a more fuller, well-rounded series next season. But, well, and like I said, I, I think it's okay to introduce new creatures and new alien races and new, but, and it's okay that we don't know who they are, but the doctor should, you know, like when we first met like the Jadun, like, right. Like we didn't know that they, that, you know, we had never seen them before, but the doctor knew who they were. Mm-hmm. And it's just been too many times this season where we ran across a new race that the doctor had no idea, like, you know, who they were or anything, what they were like at all. And I was like, that's, that's just not the doctor that I want to travel with. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I think Jody would be great. Her doctor would be great to meet, but you know, I just, I, yeah, I just feel about the adventures they've gone on. So to me, I mean, the central problem of this series for me is writing mm-hmm. it it's uh there was um just inconsistency in the writing uh especially in writing the central characters i mean i think you can fix that and i think and i felt like we were kind of on the way to fixing that in in the last episode and so i really hope that 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 is giving us a sense of, of where we're going forward i i hope that that Chibnall, you know, has a little more um, security about where he wants to go and, 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 you know, and is willing to go there. Mm-hmm. Do you think, think, do you think that the series, better. do you want to see the series more tied together? Well, you know, I think no, knowing that Chris Chibnall is showrunner, I think it would be a better series if he did that because I have seen his other series and he works better that way. That surprised me when that didn't happen this time. It surprised me that they were standalone episodes. I mean, Chimno likes ensemble casts, and he likes these sort of long, convoluted stories, which I think is fine. You know, I think perhaps if he had stuck with his strengths, you know, rather than trying to go in a direction that, you know, change for the sake of change, if he had just stuck with what he's good at, it would be better. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think it should be tied together? 
I think we, I think we kind of expect it now. I think we want that now. We want there to be a, um, a connected storyline, a connected mystery for the whole season. Um, I think we've gotten uh, used to it. I, I do. I, I think so. Um, although I will say, I think one of the best seasons that, uh, uh, they've had since New Who came back was when Moffat decided to do a series of two-parters. That was great. Um, I love that the two-parters, great, great and I, I would like to see more two-parters. Uh, you know, I love cliffhangers, um, so I'd love to see that come back. To me, that that's always been a part of Doctor Who that was missing this year as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, exactly, and I think I would love to see them do that because I think that was probably one of Capaldi's best seasons. Truthfully. Mm-hmm. So, and because the stories were interesting because they were more drawn out and more thought through. And I don't think they had that this season, but I'm so I mean, hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful for that. Cause I mean, even going back to when it first came back, you had the odd two parts of it on in, which, you know, it, even going back to the, when it first started back. Um, and it, that really helped, I think the show, and we just haven't had it this they've just been standalone episodes and you could you could actually watch them in any order apart from the first and the last one and it wouldn't mm-hmm. make any difference mm-hmm. right no i agree any final thoughts before we wrap up this uh episode well, the, you know there is we're kind of ragging on it but there there was a lot of stuff to like here too i mean there was i like the social commentary mm-hmm. oh so did i yeah, I like the diversity of the cast. I like the interaction between the Doctor and, and the crew. You know, I think if, if the underlying stories were just a bit stronger, we could go from okay to really great. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, my my favorite two episodes are Rosa and Demons of the Punjab, which mm-hmm. both had things to say socially about like, racism and, and how India were treated mm-hmm. and when it was split. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, and then they were really great episodes. I think they rank up as just as good as pretty much anything under Moffat or RTD. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely think there's hope because those were amazing stories. Hell, I hope some of them, you know, win a BAFTA, you know, or, you know, some kind of awards that, you know, for sci-fi writing and because they were great stories. I think the Dalek story was a great one. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think we got, you know, some good. We had some bad, you know, and I will not play with bubble wrap again after this season. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's pretty awesome. All right. I got a couple pieces of email I'm going to read off and I want to thank everybody. Of course, you can write us, of course, at eswpodcast at gmail.com. First email is from Andrew and doesn't give a last name. so. Andrew wrote, I've been listening to the podcast on and off for a couple of years now. And as you asked for feedback, I thought I'd send you some thoughts about your podcast and this series with Doctor Who. This is going to be a bit of a ramble and it's all tied together. Apologies in advance. <laughs> I've always appreciated that your podcast more than others is open-minded and the people on it are honesty, want to hear other opinions, regardless of whether their opinions are positive or negative. It's an approach that makes it worth listening to as you actually managed to change my mind over the years on several episodes, most recently on Rosa. On first watch, I found Rosa excruciating and I took two hours to get through it. 
I kept stopping the BBC iPlayer to shout at the screen. <laughs> what drove me up the wall was that complete failure to put the political arguments. Traditionally, Doctor Who's approach has been that the characters like striking Walsh's, Welsh miners or the environmentalists who clearly expressed the political argument of the day while the doctor pushed past it to deal with what he seemed as a far greater threat. That's pretty much the British cultural narrative. Everyone's sitting around bickering while someone <laughs> tries to warn them about something important and then everyone having to pull them together at the last minute. What you made me realize, though, was that the writers had effective, actually ignored the political and focused on the personal experience. Once I realized that, I went back and rewatched Rosa, then other episodes, and I came to realize that it was even more extreme than you had thought. This series is almost entirely devoid of political statements. No one... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, okay. I, no one in Rosa even expressed the idea that white and black Americans can live together in peace. I know how that sounds, but I've checked in a transcript. I suggest you look at the same as a real eye opener. The amount of things I thought that were were said that turn out not to have been said. The word racism is only used once, and even though it's not actually condemned, it's just a statement on how long it'll take to change. No one puts the argument for or against racist, racist segregation. Even James Blake, the bus driver played perfectly by Trevor White, doesn't say he approves of it. Just that's the way it is. No matter how much they complain, ain't going to change it, is all he says. My Most jaw of- is, 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 is open. I just figured I would mention that. I'm like, what? okay, sorry, please continue. Most of the series is like leaving it entirely open to the audience's interpretation. <laughs> well, I think has, which has been a bad move as the audience has interpreted the episodes based on what they perceive as BBC's political positions and whether they agree with them or not. I heard a review of it. It takes your, takes you away where the hosts were furious at the perceived attack on single fathers Whereas Earth Station Who felt that the father got off too lightly. I agree <laughs> completely on that. Two completely opposite interpretations of the same episode. Personally, I don't think the writers intended either interpretation and would be shocked if, if they saw some of the reactions. God, that father was just an asswipe. But that's, mm-hmm. my, that's, that's <laughs> my opinion. Really that's not was. what you, Andrew wrote. <laughs> so you wanted ideas on what you could do during the hiatus. You could uh, try watching some other British culture with Doctor Who connections like William Hartnell's film career. You could do Red Dwarf as there is an episode with the TARDIS hidden in it. But you could also read the novelization of Doctor Who stories to see if they change your opinion on them. Actually have that already planned, folks. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit. One last thing before I go. I keep noticing Yaz doesn't do a lot. Really? I'm glad he noticed. (laughs) I had noticed this too. When I read the transcript for Rosa, I realized something else. She speaks with the same voice as the doctor. She makes the same kind of jokes, has the same ideas, and takes the same approach to situations. The the rhyme of the word on the page are the same. I actually confused them at one point and only realized my mistake when I looked at the names down the left part of the page. Here's the link to the transcript, and he gave us the link to it. I'll share it on the show notes so you can see what I mean. Honest, I honestly wonder if Chris Chibnall 
repurposed scripts from another project and just drop the doctor into them, leaving Yaz as a spare character with half her dialogue stolen by the doctor. Holy crap. I think this is a bit of a ramble, to be honest, but best wishes for the future. And I hope you continue to make this podcast and keep it open-minded. Regards, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. And it wasn't a ramble. You brought up some very good points. Wow. <laughs> any idea? Any other feedback, guys? I thought that the, the social commentary was absolutely front and center. I think that the, the doctor uh, made made her views on those situations absolutely clear. And, and at least it was clear to me. Um, and I do feel like you don't have to be heavy handed. You don't have to spell every single thing out for people. Yeah. I mean, this is, I realize it's a family show, but this is a relatively sophisticated audience and you don't have to, you know, have someone twirling a mustache to, to make it clear that they're evil. No, this isn't a kid show anymore either. Like it used to be. Yeah. It's, I, I, I will, I will it's agree that it's show. a family show. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, right. and, and I think people have made some good points about, um, about it returning to historical stuff more than, uh, than we've seen in a lot of seasons. Oh, that's one of the things I loved about Rosa and also the demons of Punjab. Right. The, the, there's, there's been, there's been more science and more history mm-hmm. uh, in this season, which, which kind of goes back to the original premise of the show. But um, agreed. All right. We got yeah. another email from Tony Bowers. Hi, Tony. And he wrote, hello, just dropped a quick note to thank you for your reviews of the current season. While I can't say I've agreed with every opinion expressed, the crew has always been fair and even-handed in their approach, and I can't say that is applied to other reviews that I've seen and heard. I would, however, like to offer two observations. First, Mike G. commented on the most recent episode that the season final didn't feel like a real final. I think this may have something to do with the scheduling of the New Year's special. Normally with the final airs, it's usually six or more months until the special. For the first time in memory, it will be a little over a month gap between the, both episodes and would have been even less if I had, if it had a traditional Christmas episode. Perhaps this is the contribution for the perceptions about the season final. Just something to consider. And finally, one thing I haven't heard anyone comment on, the season is the first since the show's return back in 2005, that modern-day London was not the focal point of almost every story. Sheffield. <laughs> it was a wonderful, beautiful Sheffield instead, which I do want to which looks beautiful, and I'd like to go visit sometime. Tell him no. Uh, there were a f- Tell him no, what? don't go. No, <laughs> no, no, don't go. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see, what else? There were a few set uh, in modern time, but most of the part, the writers and production crew finally made use of the time and space aspect of the show by showcasing different eras, countries, and planets. The results were no doubt mixed, but Chris Chibnall and crew do deserve credit for doing this at the very least. That's all I have to say. Thanks for your attention and keep up the good work. I will continue to listen all through the coming wilderness years. Tony Bowers. Thank you, Tony. We do appreciate it. You know, Tony made me think of something, and he's right. It was a very Earth-centric series. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, it's not that they didn't ever go other places. They went... um, Spent a lot of time on Earth. Probably four or five episodes this season. About about half the season. Yeah, half the season were on Earth. Yeah. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, 
I think we don't notice it as much because it is right that he, as he was saying, that we were mostly in London or Mm -hmm. Cardiff posing as London, you know, a lot of the time. But I don't think they're even, I don't think they're even filming in Cardiff anymore, are they? I don't know. So I don't know that either. So, because I know they closed up shop, like BB, uh, the Doctor Who Experience has left Cardiff. So I don't know if they're not even filming in there anymore. So that might be why they're filming mostly in Sheffield. But they still got quarries in Sheffield, so it's okay. I think the show has been very eccentric yeah. since it came back. I think that's that's mm-hmm. that's one That'd of the interesting. If you look back, especially at uh, Chris's um, opening season. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think in different stories, you know, because the one where they were on the desert planet, the one, Kerblam, the spaceship, um, also the spaceship, spaceship. the, the uh, season final. Um, let's see what else. So, yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it, and probably a good half of them were Earth based, and so probably could get more, but you know. I, but I do like the they did not stay in current time. Mm-hmm. I did like the historical. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, uh, if, I think there was a, a some sort of rumor that she was going to be stuck on Earth, and that was going to mm-hmm. be more like the third Doctor's run. And I'm glad that didn't happen because even though they even yeah. a lot of them were Earthbound, um, the ones that uh, you know go back in time or whatever they they were they were very interesting. Thing. And they didn't. In, in the case of uh, Rosa, that felt like more alien than in any other alien planet they'd been to. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciated that aspect of it. And uh, mm-hmm. no, it's uh, really cool that uh, that I, I think I find it really flattering that people write in and, and that they get something out of our show. And I'm I'm really I, one thing I, I was conscious of this season uh, was that I was really critical, and I hated that. <laughs> like, like I don't mind being critical, but I, I hated being like a negative voice uh, all season, uh, mm-hmm. always crapping on the show. It was um, rare for you. It was weird hearing you do that. It was just like, where's happy-go-lucky Mike Gordon? Yeah. I mean, I found positive things with every episode, I, I hope, uh, because I certainly felt that way and I try to feel that way. But but yes, I mean, my, my overall disappointment in the season and the show um is 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 legitimate so um i didn't want to um you know uh... well i think the difference is you were never negative negative just for the sake of being negative i think you brought up very valid points Mm -hmm. well i appreciate that or not they were you know well thought out well reasoned points and and it has been a very up and down season for me also i think for most of us it has and there hasn't been you know there's been seasons of other doctors and such where we've all been, Oh, I love this season, except for this one episode. This has been a roller coaster this season. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of liking that though, because I'm not anyway thinking about leaving the show. Like I, there was a point during the Capaldi era that I was. Wow. And, but you probably, you guys probably remember which one it was with mm-hmm. Cyberbrig and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was yeah. ready to walk away from doing this podcast. You were angry. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was pretty pissed about it. And I'm glad I stuck with it. And there's no way I'm th- even thinking about leaving Doctor Who now because of it. Mm-hmm. I think Jodie has a bright future ahead of her. 
And I'm looking forward to seeing what she brings. I just hope she gets better writing and better show running. And the only time I felt so, that I was going to walk away is when uh, during Collins' run. Because it, it would. Oh, I think yeah. a lot of people felt it that way. <laughs> I did. I actually I, I, did. Walk I don't away blame you for that, Jen. I, I actually I felt walking away, but I, I stuck with it. And, and this, even mm-hmm. though I've, I've said like it's been a bit nah for me, it's just been. A, um, <laughs> yeah. It, I've never even once considered walking away. To me, Jodie's been fantastic. She's been a shining light. I, I love her interpretation of the Doctor. So I'm just hoping for better mm-hmm. writing. That's pretty much what we're all saying. So definitely, I think that's where we should wrap it up for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, Let me thank our guests for being here. Of course, Jen, great to always have you back on the show. I've missed you guys. It was great to be back. Great to always have you. And Robert, always great to have you, It's been fantastic to catch up with you again. And I just want to thank you again for allowing me to sit on, not only tonight, but in the live show during Atlanta. Really made my year last year that. You know, it's, it's been great. And, you know, it's been great you writing us, telling us what you thought. And, you know, we definitely just love the feedback and, you know, always just knowing at least you're listening <laughs> to us. So that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Let's thank our regulars, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. As always, it's my pleasure. And we've got the wilderness years ahead of us now. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's just it. I hope uh, those folks that uh, were listening us to us for the new series uh, stick with us over the, the course of the next year because we're going to we're going to dig out some some classics and and, and, and do uh, reviews of those. And it should be an interesting ride. We got some big finish ahead of us. We got some you know old series episodes we're going to talk about. We're going to have some of the listeners coming on talking about their favorite episodes. And so it should be you know a lot of fun. We even probably might even do a book review. I have one already sitting right on my desk right now that we're probably going to do in the next month or two. So I think it should be a lot of interesting stuff. And of course, can't say goodbye to the show without saying bye to Mary. Yay, I can't believe that we've made it through another series already. <laughs> it, Just yesterday, it, we were like, when are we going to come back? And now here we are again. Exactly. <laughs> it's Groundhog Day. No. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the podcast, though, because it's always fun doing doing the other things, like Big Finish and reviewing old episodes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Talking about what their favorite episodes are that's that's where we really get to know the listeners so i love exactly and you know we definitely love our listeners so thank you everyone who joined us for the season and like mike said for joining us all the way you know from the beginning there's listeners who have been listening week after week after week and thank you thank you thank you as we like to say of course we want to hear from you at home please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com all right that's going to wrap up this episode. We are going to be back probably in about two weeks. We're going to our bi-weekly schedule when the season's not going. So we don't have to do weekly episodes. So we are going to be back again. And we are going to be talking all about, ready for this one? The Curse of the Fatal Death. <laughs> so we are going to see Mr. Bean as the doctor. And our first female doctor. Exactly. Yeah. Very much so. Join Lumley. So it should be a lot of fun to review that one. And it's 
going to be interesting. We have the brothers Herman joining us for that. So until then, my name is Mike Faber. We will see you here next time on Earth Station Who. Peace. And I hope you guys have a great 2019. And we're done. Hey. Hey. Who do you listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Love ELO? Of course you do. What kind of dim-witted jughead doesn't? Then listen to Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Every week, I, Eric Paul Johnson, and my co-host, Eric Winsenson, take a song by the Electric Light Orchestra, give the song facts, the history, discuss, tear apart, dig deep into the song itself, give our opinions, chart facts about the singles, and we even consult with the future of humanity on their opinion of the Electric Light Orchestra. So if you don't want to be a dim-witted jughead, then listen to Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episodes post every Saturday at midnight Eastern Time and can be heard at iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. That was stupid as a butthead. Did you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret, all your favorite shows will still be available for free as always, but now you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is click on the link on the top navigation of the ESO Network website or go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.